it's cool to be on this side of Catalyst because I'm hoping and I'm believing that, uh, one, the Lord spoke to you over the course of that, that weekend. And in some regard, many of you are on a spiritual high. You just had an incredible, what I call it, a weekend in a bucket full of Jesus, all right? So you, it was like, that is all you experienced for the weekend. And coming off of a moment like that, it is really, uh, spiritually speaking, it is a mountaintop. It is a high in so many ways. And one of the things that I want to shepherd you through over the next few weeks is this reality that some of us base our faith on these mountaintop experiences all throughout the course of our lives. We look for the next catalyst. We look for the next beach week. We look for the next mission trip. We look for the next whatever spiritual high that you could articulate. Like You bounce your year based on these events. And your, your spiritual life looks like these highs and these lows. And these highs and these lows. And in these lows, you get to the spot where I can't wait till I get back to Catalyst, or I can't wait till I get back to Panama City Beach, Florida. Amen? Amen. It's coming, y'all. It's coming. Like, y'all, like, you're, you're probably, some of you are in this, well, hopefully you're on a little high, but you're, like, when you're getting down in the lows spiritually, you're always looking up. You're always looking up for something. And so I, my, my intent tonight is to try to kind of speak into that. And if anything is to kind of maybe articulate a thought and have a conversation about what would it look like for us to sustain spiritual growth for a lifetime? How can you sustain spiritual growth for a lifetime? I'm not talking about a couple of months. I'm not talking about I'm going to be close to God when I turn 50 or when I get older. I, I, I want to have a relationship with God such that I'm constantly growing, I'm constantly connected, and I'm not in this state of a low spiritually. Is, am I speaking a language for some of y'all? This means yes. So like... That, and I want to do my best here to kind of shepherd you through this spiritual high in order for you to, to kind of equip you, if anything, just kind of inspire you that you can have a spiritual growth curve that looks like this. It doesn't look like, you know what I mean? There, it is possible, y'all. It is possible. Matter of fact, I would even argue it is what God intended for us as we get to know him and we grow in our knowledge and we grow in our faith and we grow in strength and admonition of the Lord like we grow and that curve is just going straight up and we're getting connected to the Lord each and every day, each and every year. Each, uh, uh, how does that happen? Because let's be honest, spiritual growth doesn't happen overnight. It's not like you could go to Catalyst and spend Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then all of a sudden you wake up Monday morning, I am spiritually mature. Right? Is, is that, did anybody wake up on Monday morning and think that? I mean, probably you woke up Monday afternoon. Uh, for most of you, you probably slept in. Um, yeah, amen. Uh, not me. I was up before six that morning. Like, I was ready to go. It, it just because that's the way I am. And so, it, it, that is, really, guys, that's, 
that's what I desire. That's what I desire for you. I want you to, Psalm 37, I want you to taste and see that the Lord is good. And I want you to taste and see that he's good every single day of your life. He's not just good at Beach Week. He's just not good at Catalyst. He's just not good when you go to Peru in three weeks. Like, that's not how that works. Those moments are there for you to grow, yes. Those moments God gives you at Catalyst, at Beach Week, and mission trips, and SLUs, and all those things. Like, all of those events that happen, God intends to do something good in you to grow your faith, but he never expects you to, to head downhill. And so how do I sustain spiritual growth for a lifetime? And I'm going to talk about a concept, and it was one of the breakouts actually at Catalyst this past weekend, and it's spiritual disciplines. Now, that is very much a loaded phrase right there. How, what are some spiritual disciplines that I must have in my life in order to sustain spiritual growth over a lifetime? Bible is riddled with these, uh, these spiritual disciplines. You see it in the life of Jesus. You see it in the life of Paul. You see it in all of the teachings, uh, even in the Old Testament, the Ten Commandments. All of these things are really geared and fostered in this idea that there's a closeness to God that we all need to have. And so how do you get closer to God? And that is where spiritual disciplines play a really key role, a vital role in our lives. So to define spiritual disciplines, that's the first one on your talk sheet. Hopefully everybody's got a talk sheet right there in front of you. Uh, spiritual disciplines are, get this, practices found in Scripture in order to foster spiritual growth. Now, I took a variety of disciplines, a variety of definitions of spiritual disciplines from a variety of different blog posts, books. Um, the one that I would highly recommend, and you want to write this one down, this one's for free. The name of the book is Celebration of Discipline. Celebration of Discipline by Richard Foster. It's not in your notes, this one's for free, so write it down on the bottom, it says notes and quotes. Uh, Celebration of Discipline by Richard Foster. Some of the things that I'm going to talk about tonight come from that book. Another one is Spiritual Disciplines by Donald Whitney. That's a good book. There are a variety of blog posts. If you want something shorter, some of you are like, I'm not going to read a 300-page book, but I'll read a blog post. There's a lot of blog posts on spiritual disciplines. Um, and anything from Donald Whitney, anything from Richard Foster, uh, those are two kind of define, defining authors about this topic. But anyway, these are practices. I really want you to kind of zone in on that. What we've been talking about at Exit 15 is the fruits of the Spirit. And a lot of those fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, a lot of those are attitudes, right? Those are qualities and characteristics that kind of come out of our lives as we are connecting with the Lord. But these and what we're going to talk about and what we see in, even in the life of Jesus how he quoted scripture, he memorized scripture, he quoted it, uh, he got sought solitude on a variety of different times where he went up on a mountain alone to be with God. Like there were so many times that Jesus practiced, there are activities that he did in order to stay close to God. And these practices or these activities, they're not just attitudes, these practices are vitally important for us in really sustaining that spiritual growth over a lifetime. 
And so, but here's what's sad. Oh, let, me, let me point you to the scripture. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 7 and 8. If you have your Bible, I'm going to give you five seconds to get there. But 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 7 and 8. Your five seconds is up. Uh, I was counting. But we have it up for you on the screen. And I want you to get there, and I'd actually love for you to underline this in your Bible. Here's what 1 Timothy 4.8 says. It says, train yourself for godliness. We'll just stop right there. Uh, now, in my Bible, I usually, like, I'm, I write in it, you know? And so I would love for you to put brackets or like a parenthesis around train yourself for godliness. That little phrase right there. Or underline it, but really highlight, this is Paul speaking to his young Padawan Jedi. No, it was really not a Jedi. His young Padawan his learner, Timothy, and he is speaking into Timothy in this moment. And he, this older, wiser guy speaking into this younger, growing believer and leader of the church. And Paul says, train yourself for godliness. It says, for a while, bodily training is of some value. Godliness is of value in every way as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. Here's a deep thought that I really want you to kind of zone in here is, is that as I am practicing godliness, as I am training myself for godliness, what I am doing is preparing myself for eternity. The moment when I go eyeball to eyeball with Jesus in heaven, that as I am pursuing God with my whole heart, that these disciplines that are a part of my life, these practices, these activities are so essential that it only prepares for the moment when I get to see him face to face. And y'all, that's going to be a sweet moment. When you bust in the doors of heaven and it is party time with Jesus, you're singing the hallelujah chorus and holy, holy, holy over and over again till you never get bored. Y'all, that is praise. And that is what we have an opportunity to train ourselves for. We have that a moment. It's not, I mean, some of us love working out. I know some of you buff boys in the room, like you are, when I say you need to discipline yourself, you need to train yourself, you guys get this. Like you gym rats, you know what I mean? Because you have a goal in mind, right? Like I'm going to do a thousand push-ups like Herschel Walker, and I'm going to look like him forever, ever, amen. Like that boy gets up every morning, Herschel Walker does, and does push-ups, I think he does 500 to 1,000 push-ups every day. Like, and you can tell that boy's been doing push-ups. You know what I mean? He is training himself PB strong. And that is the same concept, but not for physical strength. Like, I'm going to train myself for spiritual strength, spiritual maturity, godliness, faithfulness, these are things and practices that I added, activities that I need to do in order to uh, grow my faith and for me to thrive in my faith. But here's a sad moment. The sad moment is, is most believers are lazy and unfit. I think that that'll send chills down your spine. That some of us in this room. And I would even say probably 60, 70% of us in this room are probably lazy about our faith. We're not passionate about our faith. 
We're not going to discipline ourselves for godliness. We're just going to kind of feel our way through it. And sadly, that's what our culture teaches. Our culture teaches that if, you, if it feels good, it'll be okay. Y'all, that's not true, spiritually speaking. It's not. Some of us are unfit. We're fat Christians. We're not training ourselves for godliness. True statement, <laughs> spiritually speaking. <laughs> We're undisciplined. We're blown by the wind. Here's a, I mean, many of us are looking for the easy button. Y'all familiar with that? Y'all, y'all remember the Staples easy button? Whatever I can push to make it easier. Some of us are looking for the easy button. Give me the secret sauce, Steve. Give me the secret formula, Steve. Tell me what I need to do, and I'll just go out and do it. Y'all, the thing that we're talking about tonight is not something that's going to last for a season. These practices that we need to have in our life, our spiritual life, is not something that's just going to be for the next couple of months and I'm going to be good. No, these are lifelong practices that we need to have a part of our life. And here's the thing. These unfit and I think lazy, I think Jesus talks about this. When he, uses, he talks about the parable of the sower and the seed, he says the seed is cast out. The seed is the gospel. It is cast out onto the ground. And sometimes it falls on good soil. Others fall on rocky soil. Some fall among the thorns. And I think this is the moment for our lazy, unfit people like in the room. I think some of us, the seed has fallen on rocky soil. It might spring up for a little bit, but it's not going to thrive. And here's what I believe about spiritual disciplines, the spiritual activities that every believer needs to have. I think these spiritual disciplines cultivate good soil. The more that we spend time with him, are intentional about growing in godliness, and we make a commitment that this is going to be a lifelong gig, I believe that it churns the soil in our hearts and makes it more and more fertile. Makes it more and more sensitive to the good news of the gospel. And it just starts cultivating in our lives and grows us in a, to a thriving believer. We are connected to the vine in that moment. The ultimate goal of every believer is to be transformed into the likeness of Christ. That's the ultimate goal. What am I training myself for? Why am I doing all of these practices? Why am I doing this this spiritual discipline thing? It's because I want to be more like Christ every single day. 2 Corinthians 3, 16 through 18 says this. Paul talks about it. It says, but whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away for the Lord is the spirit. And wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So all of us who have had the veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, this is the big part right here, makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. That right there, Paul is talking to the Corinthian church, and he's saying, this is the goal, y'all, As the veil comes off and you start glorifying God with your life, you're not hiding anymore. The veil is removed and they start seeing the glory of God in your life. 
As we grow in our relationship with the Lord, the ultimate goal for every one of us is to become more and more like our Savior, the one who saved us. That is why we do what we do. Y'all, it's a lifelong commitment. God's word is it. There are three types of spiritual disciplines, inside, outside, corporate, all right? <laughs> all right, so here's the inside ones. Ready? Write these down. These are not in your notes. Here you go. The Bible study, prayer, meditation, and fasting. These are activities, spiritual disciplines that help us grow inside of us. God's word. Here it is. Bible study, prayer, meditation, and fasting. The outward disciplines or activities that we do are service. They're all S words. You're going to love this. Solitude, submission, simplicity. I'll say those again. Service, solitude, submission, and simplicity. Now, all of these activities, all of these disciplines can be found in Scripture. We can dig a little bit deeper into each one. And then the corporate disciplines, which are disciplines we do as a group, as a body of believers, it is worship, like we've done tonight, Celebration, that's like when somebody gets saved, what do we do? We celebrate. Baptism is a reflection of celebration. Confession, ooh, this is an activity we're probably not too great at. Confession, and the last one is guidance. I need someone to help guide me through this spiritual life. So I'll repeat those again, these four Corporate disciplines, worship, celebration, confession, and guidance. It'd be awesome if I could talk about all 12 of these, but I'm not. For the sake of time, if you want to dig deeper, I would love to have a conversation about maybe a specific one. We actually had a breakout about some of these disciplines, but the two that I'm going to dig in on tonight are Bible study and silence and solitude. If I was going to come alongside you and have a conversation, and if you asked me, hey, Steve, I want to grow more in my relationship with the Lord, these are two things that I would say start right now. Start right now. If you can nail down these two spiritual disciplines, in my opinion, you can jumpstart your faith in a huge way. And I believe that as you grow in these two, that the rest of them will start fostering in your life. The rest of them will start growing in your life. You'll desire fasting. You'll desire service. You'll desire these other activities of worship and confession. Like these things will become, start becoming a byproduct of what you do as you grow in your relationship with the Lord. But I want to start here at talking about first, what does Bible study look like? What does it look like for us to open up God's word and to begin to allow it, God's holy voice, to speak to us? And y'all, this is probably the hardest, one of the hardest ones. I think it's probably the hardest one. But it's also the most simple. Like, it's probably the most easiest thing. 
I'm going to ask you just a general question. Is your Bible in arm's length of your bed every single morning? That's a very probing question. In, in my opinion, I think one of the best times to get in God's Word is first thing in the morning. Now, I know some of you are like, I'm not a morning person. I hope that one day you would get up and look at a sunrise and, <laughs> and read God's Word and just let it wreck you, like in a good way. Like it would just, it'd be one of my favorite times is that beach week. Like I get up at 7 o'clock. Every, well, it's actually 6.45. I'm usually out on the beach by 7. Like I sit on the beach at first thing in the morning when everything is calm and I am digging in the Word. I'm allowing God's Word to speak to me. It is within arm's length of me almost every, everywhere I go. Most of the time it's on my phone. Some of you are like, well, I got the Bible app. <laughs> um, uh, I think you need to have a copy of it. I think you need to have this with you. And I think it needs to be a part of your life, a part of what you do, a part of getting to know the God who loves you. And how do I know he loves me? I read it right here. Now, some of you are like, Steve, I have no idea where to start. Well, I'm glad you asked. I'm glad you said that because I have a truckload of resources back at the spot for you. And it is simply a Bible reading plan. The thing that I'm using right now is the one-year Bible. What I like about the one-year Bible is that it's dated. I can look at today's date, February the what, 21st? Yeah, 21st. And I can read a portion of the Old Testament, a portion of the New Testament. I got Psalms and I got Proverbs all in one day. And in the course of a year, I will read through the entire Bible starting January 1st all the way to December 31st. And yes, there are days where I miss. It's not every day that I'm in the Word, but most, about six or seven days a week, I'm there. It's simply because I'm just, I'm, I'm desiring to hear from God every single time. And one of the surefire ways that I know is that when I dig here. And sometimes it, it's not like you can wake up in the morning and say, God, speak to me. Right? Please give it to me. You know, <laughs> I need it. <laughs> That's not how it works. Y'all, you need to like have a plan. Like you need to be intentional about it. You need to be intentional about it. That daily Bible intake is so important. Daily Bible intake. Our pastor says this way we need to take a Bible bath, right? Every single day. And that is simply what he's saying is that we have a desire to get in the Word. And y'all, this is a discipline. This is not legalism. You don't go to heaven, right? You learn about heaven and you learn how to get to heaven through God's Word. But y'all, it's not, if you don't get in it every day, it's not the end of the world. It's not. It's not even the end of your salvation. But here you go. This is one of those times that we all need to be reminded that this is the source, right, for our relationship with God. If I want to know God, if I want to know who he is, I want to know what he thinks about me, what he thinks about our world, I'm going to look here. And I'm going to train myself to get in the Word every single day. Am I going to understand Leviticus 17 every time? No. 
When he talks about the animal sacrifices and all that stuff, they, you rock through the Le- first part of Leviticus, oh gosh, yes. It, it gets like, what am I supposed to do? Sprinkle the blood all over the things? and It's a bloody book. You know what I mean? It is, it is all over Leviticus. But anyway, but here's the key part of Leviticus. It's God is speaking to the people, hey, if you're going to have a relationship with me, and you're going to have, you got to have some sort of sacrifice. And the smoke is a pleasing aroma in my nostrils. Like, that is all about why we do what we do. Anyway, we find that and discover that in God's Word. It was so fun. I had a conversation. It was Haley last week. We talked about how we've been reading through Scripture and how some of the things that we're reading in the Old Testament pair up with what's going on in the New Testament. And it's crazy how thousands of years are between the Old Testament and the New Testament and how these things kind of bridge together. How do you discover that? You discover that by getting in the Word. And so there are resources, and I said a truckload, I mean it. There's all kinds of Bible reading plans that are back there at the spot. I'm not going to tell you to do it, but I'm pretty sure that that, if I can make it mandatory, I want everybody to grab something on the way out the door. If you don't already have a plan, if you have a plan, you're rocking it, go for it. But if you don't, go back there. So that's the first discipline. Um, We hear about this discipline in 2 Timothy 3.16. Some of y'all know this one. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us. To teach us for what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong and it teaches us to do what is right. That's how I know how to view my world. How am I to live my life? How am I to treat my friends? How am I to have a good dating relationship, a good marriage, a good family? It's all right there. But you got to get in it, y'all. Here's the second one, and I have six minutes to do it. The second one, and this one's probably my favorite, right? This is my favorite of all the disciplines. Intentional quiet time. And what I'm talking about here is silence. Silence and solitude. When was the last time that you sat quietly with the Lord? No distractions, no headphones or music, just solitude, just stillness. When was the last time you created margin just to sit with the Lord? This past year, I took two, and I'm probably going to take another one this weekend, two solo camping trips. Now, solo means just me. And uh, it took me a while to work up to this. And I tried doing it, I think it was about a year ago was my first time. But literally, go. I take my Jeep, I load it up, food, water, all the things, and I take it literally to the end of the road, and I stop. And I find a spot that I'm away from people. There's nobody around me. It is just me. And y'all, it was the, one of the hardest things to do, but on the other side of it, when I got home, it was like mind-blowing. I've done it one other time, and I'm fixing to do it again. Like, I, I've gotten to that spot in my life where I can seriously be silent with the Lord for a day. 
It's taken me a long time to get to that spot where I can honestly say I can shut it all down, like all of it, and just spend time with the Lord. Now, I don't know about you guys, but here's what happens with me. When I start getting silent, my thoughts go everywhere, right? I start thinking about everything. Um, and a lot of those thoughts are so distracting to me, and I just, I just lose it. But here... In the moments when you practice solitude, I would encourage you that the moments when you start seeing your, or, or seeing, <laughs> when you start hearing those thoughts just being scattered, I want you to pull out God's word and read a psalm. Read just one chapter in the psalm. And let that chapter just reframe the moment for you. Reframe that moment for you, and I need to fix my mind on God. I need to think about him. And then I close it, and I'm still again. And when those thoughts start getting crazy, 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 I'll open back up, find another psalm, and I'll read it again just to make sure that my thoughts are on par, right? They're on track. I'm thinking about the person I need to be thinking about. And y'all, when, when you get to that spot, trust me, I would love for you. I want, you to, I, I want to take you to that spot. Like when you get to that place where you can honestly shut it all down, he speaks so loud. His voice is so loud in the silence. His peace is so thick in the silence. Like he sits with you in the silence. And y'all, it is the most amazing experience. But y'all, this is one of those disciplines. You, you have to train yourself to get there. Sometimes your silence might just start with five minutes. <laughs> like I can shut it down for five minutes. Well, you know what? Do that five minutes every day and just start working up to where you can get 45 minutes or an hour. My quiet time in the morning usually lasts 45 minutes to an hour every day. I'll read the word for about 15, 20 minutes. I'll journal for about 15, 20 minutes. And the rest of that time I stare out the window. And I just think about the Lord and what he wants to do. And then I take my retreats every now and then. I'm just telling you that when I was your age, I was lucky to get five minutes in. And now I've gotten to that spot in my relationship with the Lord, long, consistent growth. Now I've gotten to that spot where 45 minutes to an hour doesn't seem very long at all. And I actually long for it. I want it. I want to spend time with him. Y'all, I get out at Beach Week, I get out there an hour before y'all get out of bed. And I just sit with the Lord. Some of y'all have been out there with me. Like, I just sit with the Lord. And I look at the ocean, and I just admire the goodness and the greatness of God. So here you go. Those are two practices that I really would love for y'all to think about and to do. So we need to foster, allow and foster the Spirit of God to take root in our lives. And here's a couple of helpful tents, uh, tips. So here you go. Right there on your notes, I'm going to fly through these really fast, okay? The first one is, remember that it's long, faithful obedience. It's long, faithful obedience. As I'm digging in in these practices, I am in it for the long haul. This is not a short run. I don't need to be impatient. I need to be patient with what God is wanting to do. Number two, perfection is not the goal. Perfection is not the goal. That's not what it's about. You're going to miss a day. 
or two. Don't beat yourself up. Just get up the next day and do it. If you miss one, it's okay. God still loves you. Get up the next day and try. Get up the next day and try. Get up the next day and try. And y'all, the more you do it, the easier it gets. That's how you build a habit. Number three, be a learner. Be a learner. Learn something about God's Word. Start looking at different books that help you in your Bible study. Learn a little bit. Read a commentary or two. Read a blog post about that verse. Read those kind of things and learn so you can help discover what's going on. Be a learner. Some of us are... <laughs> I, I, no, I'm not going to go there. I have a pet peeve here about this. I, and I, I get it. TikTok, Instagram reels, all these things. You see voices and preachers talk about different things. And it seems like that those... This seems like that many of them have this secret hidden truth about God's word that they never, nobody has ever seen ever before. And they illuminate it in such a way, or they talk about it in such a way, some spiritual truth, some God-given truth, or some history Bible lesson kind of thing. And I'm sitting there listening to this, and I'm going, there's, and the verse that keeps coming into my mind is, there's nothing new under the sun. These are spiritual truths that we read in God's word that have been there the whole time. The whole time. And some, I'm not saying all, we got to be very mindful of who we listen to. What are the voices that we pick up on at Instagram, TikTok, Reels, and all those kind of things? We really need to filter what we read and the person that we're hearing it from. And that's really important, especially in this information age when you can look up anything and find anything you want. And so here it is. This is... Be a learner. Find a good resource. If you need some help there, Shelly and I would be happy. Our high school ministry team would be happy to connect with you and give you some good, what are some good godly voices in your life that you need to listen to? You'd follow those guys. Don't follow the other guys. Be a listener. That's the next one. Be a learner. Be a listener. The Lord is speaking all the time. He's not silent. He's talking. You hear our pastor talk about our God's a talker. He wants to tell you. He wants to talk with you. We just got to be good listen, listeners. The last one is find a rhythm. Find a rhythm. Uh, I'm reading this book on rhythm right now, and it has really kind of captivated me right now. Like I, I've gotten into just into the first chapter of it, and it is it's talking about how it's not a balance. It's not a balancing act. Our spiritual life is not like this balance thing that if I get this right and I get this right and I got to maintain the harmony, the balance. No, it's, that's not what the spiritual life is all about. The spiritual life is about a rhythm that I'm a part of connecting with the Lord on an ongoing and regular basis. It's very rhythmic. And it takes discipline. It takes discipline all the time. And creating that kind of rhythm in your spiritual walk really fosters that spiritual growth and will take you to another level. So, coming off of catalyst, coming off any of these spiritual highs, I, I believe now is the time for you to establish a good, healthy spiritual discipline. And I, in my opinion, I think Bible study and silence or two things you could start with right now. If you want to dive in on other some of the other disciplines, I'd be happy to have a conversation with you about that. Here's the final thought. 
Start now. Start now. Don't wait to begin a new rhythm pursuing godliness. Start now. Don't say, I'll do it next month, or I'll do it after beach week, or I'll do it when baseball season or football season's over, or I'll do it when I get older. No, 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 no. Start now. You know, in a conversation like this, when we talk about spiritual disciplines, I'm, I've been talking all night to believers. But I know full well that there may be a couple in here who do not have a relationship with the Lord. You're like, Steve, I don't read the Bible. I barely know what it is. Silence? You want me to be silent? No way. I got to have the noise. I can't live without the noise. I cannot tell you how, how important it is to know Jesus as your Savior. Y'all, your eternity is at stake. What's going to happen at the end of your days? Where will you spend eternity? Will you spend it with the Lord, or will you spend it separated from the Lord? 